0: Good day, everyone, and welcome to Citroen Koopman's Taxes in 10 podcast, which is now also appearing on our YouTube channel. Today, we're going to be talking about the new rules regarding R&D expenditures. And to do that, we have John Gens, who is a tax partner in our New York City office, and Shani Osher, who is a tax director in our Livingston, New Jersey office. Welcome, John and Shani. How are you guys doing?
1: Thanks, Joe. Doing well.
0: Okay, good. Great to have you. I know how busy you guys are, but uh, John, why don't you just start off and just tell us what about, what's these 174 R&D expenses all about?
1: Sure. In general, research and experimental or developmental costs, um, sometimes they're interchangeably referred to as r and or R&D costs, are those directly connected to the taxpayer's trade or business and arising from research in an experimental or laboratory setting that has an element of risk or failure the objectives of the R&D must aim to produce a material improvement to a product or process, whether it be a higher efficiency, better functionality, or something new and innovative. A second aspect of R&D is a Section 41 credit for increasing research activities. The credit calculation focuses on direct research expenses, such as wages paid, supplies purchased, and amounts paid for the use of contractors, Section 7.174 not only includes these amounts, but also permits deductions for certain indirect research expenses, such as facilities costs and depreciation, which are specifically excluded from the R&D credit calculation.
0: All right, thanks, John. So we're talking about the expense side of the house, not the credits. So just tell us, how were uh, those 174 R&D expenses historically treated?
1: before. December 31st, 2021, taxpayers had the option to either amortize or expense R&D costs directly in the year they were incurred and to carve out R&D-specific wages, supplies, and contract research for computation of an R&D tax credit. Businesses businesses only generate an R&D credit in years when qualified spending exceeds a certain baseline. So in some years, a business would incur 174 deductible costs. That would qualify for the R&D credit calculation but may not have enough costs to exceed the required baseline and generate a credit.
0: Okay, so now we have the new R&D expense treatment, so what is that, what's that all about?
1: All right, so in 2017 the Tax Cuts and Job Act, sometimes known as the TCJA, amended Code Section 174 to eliminate current year deductibility of R&D expenses and software development costs, and instead require taxpayers to capitalize and amortize their R&D costs. The statute specifies the amortization will begin with the midpoint of the taxable year in which the expenses are paid or incurred, creating a significant year one impact, reducing the eligible deduction of future R&D expenses to a fraction of incurred costs. These extended amortization periods apply even in cases of a retired, abandoned, or disposed of r&d property therefore denying an immediate deduction in those circumstances since section 174 covers significantly more costs <clears throat> than incurred in the r&d credit calculation even taxpayers with a robust r&d credit analysis may need to capitalize and amortize additional expenditures for example assume a tax a calendar year taxpayer incurs 5 million dollars in domestic r&d expenditures Prior to the TCJA, the taxpayer would have immediately expensed all $5 million on its tax return, assuming it did not make an election to capitalize the amounts. Under the new rule, the taxpayer will be entitled to amortize over five years with a half-year convention, only allowing $500,000 in the first year.
0: Okay, all right, thanks. So let me uh, bring in Shani here, and Shani, what do you tell us about the difference between domestic and international R&D costs?
2: So Code Section 174, the new R&D treatment, it now requires the taxpayers capitalize and amortize their U.S. R&D expenses over five years, but their non-U.S. R&D expenses for 15 years, which means that in year one, a taxpayer's R&D deduction is limited to 1 30th of its non-U.S. R&D expense
0: a significant
2: change from right. business as usual.
0: Yeah, big change. And so um, how does this uh, apply to uh, software website development costs?
2: So traditionally, uh, the treasury historically uh, provided that software development costs could either be deducted, capitalized and amortized over five years, or capitalized and amortized over three years with or without bonus depreciation. The new section 174 rules explicitly apply both to traditional r&d expenses and also to software and website development costs.
0: Okay. And so when does this uh, go into effect?
2: So this new treatment went into effect for calendar year taxpayers already as of January 1st, 2022, and it's already impacted the first two quarterly financial reporting periods. For fiscal year taxpayers, it goes into effect in the first tax year starting after December 31st, 2021. So okay. it depends.
0: Okay. Now I know this is a tax uh, tax podcast, but let's just touch on how does this impact a taxpayer's U.S. GAAP financial statements, Shanee?
2: So these changes, Joe, they won't impact the GAAP accounting treatment of the R&D-related costs for financial statement purposes. As a result, the primary impact to a company's financial reporting is the impact to its tax provision. The disallowance of R&D expenditures results in significant book-to-tax timing differences, which both increase a company's current period taxable income and also create a new deferred tax asset on the balance sheet. Analysis of these new deferred tax assets can be complex. The benefit of future amortization may be limited by the strength of the company's forecasted taxable income companies that cannot reliably project sufficient taxable income to realize the benefits of their deferred tax assets may require a valuation allowance. So for example, uh, assume the same example that that John gave above 5 million of R&D expenditures incurred by a calendar year taxpayer in 2022. Since the taxpayer can only deduct its year one amortization of 500,000, while book takes a full $5 million expense A four and a half million dollar unfavorable adjustment is made to increase taxable income and a four and a half million dollar gross deferred tax asset is created.
0: So what are the other uh, tax impacts that we should be considering with regard to these R&D expenditures?
2: Well, for some companies, the impacts of this tax change could extend to both cash tax and the effective tax rate for ETR for purely domestic companies, the effects may be limited to cash tax impacts to companies, cash flow projections can affect other analyses, though, and may change when a company needs to evaluate additional debt equity raises. However, for multinationals, given the number of interdependent complex international tax calculations impacted by R&D, consideration should be given to the potential impact on the effective tax rate and earnings per share. The differing impacts of amortization and current deductibility will likely affect intricate interdependent calculations such as the foreign-derived intangible income deduction, commonly known as FIDI. The FIDI benefits may increase due to increased taxable income as a result of the capitalized R&D expenditures. Section 163 j the interest limitation. Increased taxable income resulting from the capitalization of R&D expenditures may reduce disallowed business interest expense in a given year. And global, intangible, low-taxed income, commonly known as guilty, The requirement to capitalize and amortize foreign R&D expenses over 15 years may have a significant impact on the amount of tested income available for guilty calculations.
0: Okay, great, thanks, Shani. So John, let me bring you back in here and uh... So we talked about the R&D expenses, international, domestic. What about any state tax impact on this?
1: State taxes, near and dear to my heart. So state conformity to new federal provisions is a matter of concern when a code change has a relatively immediate impact, as states that don't act to conform prior to the applicable change could create a disconnect between federal and state treatment. In subsequent state legislative sessions, states typically update conformity to include federal changes on a prospective, if not a retroactive basis, and evaluate whether to follow or decouple from certain provisions. In the case of R&D expenditures, federal changes were enacted at the end of 2017. In the years since enactment, states have had the opportunity to determine their treatment of, of those changes applicable to the 2022 tax year. As a result, Most states, but not all, have conformed to the changes made either through rolling conformity, specific date conformity, including the TCJA, or code-specific conformity adopting Section 174. Okay.
0: All right, John. So uh, as we're finishing up, what what do companies need to do to affect this change?
1: Well, like anything in accounting and tax, it depends. So what's been tracked historically? Well, it's relatively easy for a business to see if it has claimed a historic R&D credit on its tax return. It may not clearly disclose the total amount of R&D expenses. If a company has not been tracking anything beyond the R&D credit costs, reviewing and identifying Section 174 research costs incurred in recent years would be the first step towards determining potential tax impacts. For 2022 and forward, taxpayers need to track R&D costs incurred both for quarterly financial reporting and also to maintain supporting schedules for the R&D tax return position. Determining which specific costs should be included in the R&D accounts or cost centers will likely involve conversations with operations and financial accounting personnel in addition to the development of reasonable allocation methodologies. Segregating R&D expenditures in their own trial balance accounts or departmental cost centers will help accurately capture R&D costs for capitalization. Multinational businesses that incur non-U.S. research expenses would benefit from jurisdictionally identifying trial balance accounts, capturing not only R&D costs incurred, but also location of where such expenses were incurred to properly consider applicable tax treatment. These changes are complex and will require companies to devote resources to properly track their R&D expenses.
0: Okay, Thanks for that. John? And thanks a lot, Shani, as well. This was a great uh, podcast, timely. And um, I'm sure the IRS may be issuing regulations or notices on this in the future. And if they do, we'll update everybody through another uh, podcast. But uh, in the interim, uh, I hope everybody enjoyed this podcast and stay tuned for other podcasts on various tax topics. Thank you and have a good day.